Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Women Effect Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am incredibly grateful that you're joining us for the first time. The outcome that we're after on each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as we cross paths with to inspire and to help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How we go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Our guest for this week has been defying all odds his entire life. Even so much, his story has already won an Emmy for short film and documentary. And yes, there has been talks about a movie. Stay tuned for that. This two-time Major League Baseball All-Star, real estate entrepreneur, is about to turn it up a couple notches and inspiring every single last one of you tuning in for this show. Please stand by for a quick message from our co-host of our show, Wes Bays, as he introduces today's guest, Mr. Shea Hillenbrand. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. I'd like to welcome Shay Hillenbrand to the show. Shay, welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm super stoked to maybe uh, share a bit of knowledge and my experience with your, with your listeners. So stoked. I've been looking forward to this for you know, about a month now since the last time we had a conversation and been viewing a lot of things that you've been putting out on, on social media and whatnot, putting out with your personal brand, all the things that you're doing. There's so much there to where audience is going to really love some of the content and some of the things that we share on this episode. And I'm really blessed, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm super honored. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, no, always, man. So for the most part, I'm obviously, you know, you've done so much in your life. I don't even know where to fucking begin. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm just going to lean into it. Okay. I mean, from, you know, obviously Arizona going from always right with the beginning, when you picked up a baseball bat, you knew you were going to go to the majors and you said that and you're never going to compromise your standards. Like I'm going to the majors. How do I get you on my level? going and you get drafted, go to Boston and you do so much two time, you know, all-star. I mean, that's just amazing. I'm a huge baseball nut anyway. So you know that already. And I see that behind you as well for the listeners that maybe aren't watching the recording or watching the video. Then it goes from you doing zoo, then you sit your wife saving you, saving you indirectly with a horse type of story. Holy shit. There's so much we can talk about, but for the most part, I mean, if you had to kind of explain yourself to someone who didn't know your name and know who you were like what would you say perfect that's a great 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 question and i don't really get that too often and i think i might have a great explanation for that because uh i i lived that dream i i, I did i did exactly what i thought and what i think so many people think that the american dream is is go out right. there pursue your dreams as a boy uh play major league baseball uh but what it was is i want to speak to the listeners that are stuck. I want to speak to the listeners that, that have that vision in their head and that dream in their heart and they see greatness, but they can't pursue because they don't have that confidence. But for me, it starts out, I'm walking out of the dugout, uh, up the dugout steps at Fenway Park in the middle of April. And as I make my way over to the on-deck circle, the buzz of the crowd stirs up an energy inside me that's like, dude, what I'm about to do has already been completed. 
Oh, wow. And mind you, this is a moment that Major League Baseball players, professional athletes, train countless hours for mm. night after night after night just for this moment and this opportunity that I'm about to step into. See, us, the Boston Red Sox, are playing our arch enemy, the New York Yankees, and the all-time greatest closer, Mariano Rivera, is on the mound. And as I get my name announced from the on-deck circle, now batting number 29, Shay Hillenbrand, I'm walking the home plate like you do your podcast, dude, with nothing but pure confidence, and I'm just rocking, just piercing through my veins. Because I've prepared for this moment ever since five years old, six years old, yep. seven years old. And as I'm stepping in the batter's box, I have my game plan set, and I'm in the box because you have to have your game plan set as you yes. go at the major level, especially against the best. I had a guy in second base, Manny Ramirez, and we're down by one run in the, in the bottom of the eighth inning. And as the first pitch comes in, I'm expecting the pitch to go out over the plate, away from me, uh, what, what Mariano goes to all the time. But the first pitch is inside, and I barely missed the plate inside. I'm like, oh, my gosh, man. He just messed up my whole game, my whole game plan. So that's what happens is the life will kick us on our back. Like we, get na we navigate. We think we're going in one direction in the prime moments of our life, and you've got to adjust. You've got to change your course, but you can't change the outcome of what you're trying to achieve. Right. So I step, I step out of the box. I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, he's never thrown me a pitch inside ever. He's got one pitch. It's called a cutter, and it's either this big or this big, but it's this one pitch, and it always goes away from a right-hand hitter, and I knew I was just going to drive it into right field, right center field, and I was going to tie the game up. Like, I, like I'm going to be the hero right here in, in Fenway Visualizations Park. Visualizations, you know what? I mean, I love I that part about you is that you – you're, everything's pre-written and you're already there and not to cut you off to just sit with that. It's important for the listeners to understand this. You have to put yourself already there. Like you've already accomplished it. But if you have something that kind of like takes you off just a little bit and throws you off, it doesn't matter. You're still going to get to that fucking outcome. You see what I'm saying? Because there's it's no way. You just got to make, make, make the adjustment and it's a must. It's like, I already know what's going to happen. And, I, and I'm, I need to make sure no matter whatever happens, the outcome I'm getting to. Nothing's going to stop me, and I love that about you, man. 100%. And, there's, and then so many people, and you really can't control the outcome and situation, especially in a baseball field, because hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. And they, they have studies now saying it's like almost humanly impossible to hit a major league fastball. But there's two things that we can do to help dictate the outcome. It's preparation and how you present yourself in that situation and how you navigate those situations that arise on the spot to where you can make that adjustment. So the count gets to two and one in, this, in, 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 in the sequence of my at-bat. The Fenway fans are going crazy, packed house, Mariano on the mound. Like the, like they, they hate him because he's the best, and he's a Yankee. And he throws a pitch inside that barely misses the plate. See, we know as hitters and we know as, as players, like we can tell what's on the plate, what's off the plate. We're so dialed in. And guys that complain are guys that are just trying to beg. So it barely missed, but the call could have gone either way. The count was in my favor, uh, in my favor at that, po that point in the back, but it could have gone either way. And the umpire called it a ball. And Jorge Posada, I stepped out of the batter's box, Jorge Posada, the catcher, proceeds to throw the ball back to Mariano, and he had his head turned to the side. And when a catcher has his head turned to the side on a Major League Baseball field, he's only doing one thing. He's cussing out the umpire. And he's sitting there saying, are you effing kidding me? Mariano needs this pitch. Are you fucking go like what's wrong with you and i'm sitting there like are you serious mariano don't need this pitch 
I'm one year removed from being a rookie, man. I need right. this pitch because I pretty much have no chance like everybody else he's faced in that situation. But I didn't let that deviate me either. See, what happens is when our subconscious and our belief system and our, and our, and our, and our, and our, uh, our confidence levels down, all these external distractions can come in and impede on you and infect and discern and, and dictate how you navigate. I was locked in because I trained. That's how you get self-confidence. Just work and work and work and self-talk. Yep. So long story short, I get in there a couple of pitches later, 2-2 two, two count. I know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to throw this pitch inside. If he makes this pitch count, like if he hits his pitch, I'm out. That's how good he is. I even know it's coming. But if he misses it, I'm going to freaking take advantage of this opportunity. Yep. That's what people need to do. Is you, every opportunity you get, you wow. need to take advantage of. And so many people miss opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Yep. And, and just on this podcast, people are going to sit here and be like, ah, oh, just forget it, whatever. We're going to be dropping some bombs. And it's like, dude, here's an opportunity right here for you to get jump-started out of your, out of your familiar hell and go into the vision of your future. Let's go. Let's rock it. So he threw this pitch inside, 93 miles an hour, and I connect with this ball out front of the, home, uh, front of the plate. And as I contact with this ball it instantly sails over the green monster in 2002 there wasn't seats above the green monster yeah, it was a net i take two steps out of the batter's box and i pump my fist like yeah not to celebrate because i never celebrate on the baseball field because i'm a hard-nosed guy i just yeah. play the game right and i crush it because i know how hard it is i know the next at bat i can fail so i never celebrate i pump my fist out of pure excitement and awe because I was more surprised than anybody in that stadium about what I just did. I just hit a game-winning home run off of Mariano Rivera, the all-time greatest closer at Fenway Park. The first Red Sox player to ever do that. I'm rounding first base, and the ground is shaking. I thought the stadium was going to collapse because it was built in 1900, dude. And yeah, all because of I've been me. to the stadium. Fenway's crazy. I love that stadium. All because of me, though. It wasn't the team. It, wasn't, it was all because of what I just did. And having that, uh, like, we, we dream about this our whole lives. And, and, and after that game, all my, all my teammates went out and, uh, and, and partied with arguably the best fans in baseball, the Fenway Faithful. They got free drinks. They got free meals. It was like the World Series. Like, we just won the World Series. And what did I do? The reason I'm telling you this story is because after that game, I went directly to my house. I didn't let myself celebrate because I never thought I was good enough. I never thought I was lovable. And I knew my dad didn't love me. And that's why I thought in that story in my head over and over while I'm on top of the world, just to just accomplish a feat. It was all over ESPN. I still have talks of that to today. And that was in 2002, 18 years ago. I, and I, oh my gosh, I remember that night. I was in this situation. I was here. I was doing this. And you just did that. And I went home. And I didn't right. celebrate. And the next day I woke up, we have to play again. And that pain inside myself just resonated deeper and deeper and deeper. And where does that come from? That comes from stories that we tell ourselves, experiences when we're a child, children, experiences throughout our life and how we interpret and communicate those experiences to ourselves. That's going to drive our belief system. Although I was having success and I was driven to be on top of the world, making millions of dollar, dollars player, flying private jets, uh, the, man, living my dream, uh, hanging out with the president, movie stars, uh, before right. we came on, hanging out with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and our club, like all that stuff. I never thought I was worthy. And when I lay my head on my pillow every single night, I was in despair. I was in disgust. And I was in disdain because I hated who I was. Why? Because I didn't know who I was. 
Yep. I didn't have to know who I was because I was masking that and covering up all that pain with the fame and the glory and the success yep. and everything I went through. It's the identity. Life. It's the identity piece. And you're bought yeah. into that identity and you're giving off of an illusion like everything is good. You're on top of the fucking world. But inside, you're just like, you're dying inside. I can't experience joy. Do you know what I mean? You know how many freaking kids, bro, take a baseball? and throw it up in the air, and then take their bat and hit it, and like they're hitting a game-winning home run. Always. I did it. Over and over I, and I, over. I can actually put myself in <laughs> my backyard doing it as a kid. I got to watch Major League, uh, that movie. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, this right, is like a baseball movie, Major League. <laughs> that's best, yeah, it's best one. The first one's the best one ever, right? So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, much I can over here. Yeah. yeah. When did you identify, and I'm going to start at the beginning, going all the way to the probably the end, when you identified what was actually wrong and how to make that shift what were the transactions and what were the events that led up to you identifying listen i gotta deal with this shit it was uh just experience after experience after experience so after seven years playing major league baseball i was in the prime of my career after becoming a two-time all-star making 18 million dollars uh, i'm sitting on the couch in my family room uh in the off season right down the street from where I live now with my firstborn son in my arms and I was trying to have a connection with my son like I love mm -hmm. I, my dream was to be a father and I and I was a father and my, my my three children are adopted and and I was so like like trying to be that moment with my son because I really didn't get anything from my father my father loved yeah. me the very best he could he didn't abuse me he didn't do anything but the stories I created uh from our experiences were not good and it drove me to a spot in my life to where I absolutely lost everything so um yeah. I was having that father-son moment with my son on the couch and I see in his eyes and I look in abundance and joy he's gonna have a great future and I was trying to share my love with him I was trying to connect with my pure pure unconditional agape love for my son and I couldn't do it all I could connect to was with that pain that pain that I had resonating inside my soul this is after seven years of playing major league baseball in the prime of my career at 32 years old like I'm rocking and rolling man I'm making millions and millions of dollars and I'm sitting there and all I can connect to is that pain that pain was so severe that I become numb to everything and everybody around me. And on that couch, I made the decision, being the biggest decision of my life, without even talking to my wife at the time, not talking to my parents, not talking to my agent or, or anybody. You just I quit. keep making it worse. Yeah. That's, all you, that, that's all you do, because that's what that environment breeds you to do, because yeah, of course. you have to perform. You live the same, I have to totally perform. different situation. Totally different situation, but I, I, I know the feelings, because that was me suppressing my emotions my whole fucking life. And until it took a, a, a major shift, and, and it was the universe and, and my life forcing me to make that shift. Mm -hmm. Is either you make that shift or you lose everything. I lost everything. Yeah. So right there, I quit Major League Baseball with my son on my arms. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I, convinced, like, I didn't even talk to anybody. I quit that one childhood dream that you were just talking about that I would just work countless hours for. And my friends and teammates and all my colleagues, when, when they, they'd say it's too hot outside because they live in Arizona, they'd be like, I'd be like, no, there's no such thing as hot, man. If they're sick, there's no such thing as sick. And tired, tired, tired in your mindset. They just got to work and work and work. And I did that since Little League since middle school, since high school, since junior college. I just worked and worked my whole life towards this dream, and I quit in my prime. And I convinced myself that if I come home to be a father of my three beautiful children and pursue my second dream of owning a zoo, everything would be great. Right. That's a whole other. Right, yeah. 
The, the fame didn't do it. The glory didn't do it. The money didn't do it. Being on TV, set jet, it was like living that life didn't feel that void inside myself. So that's where I'm at right now. Is like I just want to be super. I want to be the voice of reason, the voice of be speaking to these people, especially people in our in our industry as influencers and yep. stuff. That these people are in the fast track and they're lost. There's no sense of direction. They have what they kind of want. But they don't they can't visualize it all the way because they don't it's elusive and they haven't dealt with their own bullshit and you need to deal with your shit if you don't deal with your shit you can't experience that next level and that next level because there's always another level and with every level there's always going to have something there in the universe is going to try to trip you up to make sure that you are destined for that level and you deserve it and that's the piece that I think that a lot of it, a lot of people don't realize that subconsciously you run away from joy because you don't believe that you deserve it. Absolutely. After all the hard work, you run away from that shit because you're not leaning in and embracing it. Absolutely. It's powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Powerful. So I left and I bought a zoo uh, and accumulated 300 farming exotic animals, rescued dogs. Tiger King before the Tiger King. On horses. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't get any tigers, no big cats, know, everything. Know, llamas, camels, kangaroos, llamas, alpacas. I had this vision of rescuing these animals and putting them in a situation to help inner city disabled child crisis kids in the community. So I quickly became the guy that owned Marley Farms, a zoo, not the two-time all-star in the major leagues, but that came at a steep price. After four years, I lost everything, man. I lost my millions of dollars playing baseball. I lost my family. I lost everything because I didn't deal with that stuff. See, when you're at that level... They don't train you to deal with that stuff. They train you to perform. And that right. stuff that you've got to deal with, you can't convey that to an organization, to a team, to baseball, or whatever it is, because it could be perceived and used against you as yep. a detriment to get you out of that situation. So you either have to do this or you don't. And when you commit to that and you need to obsess with it, it becomes your identity of who you are. So when I left baseball, I left $50 million of potential earnings on the table because I just was trying to run because I didn't know how to function anymore. So after four years of that firm, I lost everything. Uh, I got down on my knees and asked the Lord to take my life. Uh, it, it went through this, this, kept going through like this right. negative stuff. And I was just like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know the purpose of life. So I went to church. I went to spiritual room because I had to find a way to fill up my spirit because I had nothing left in my life. I was taking my, I was living in a million dollar house, no electricity. Right. I was Let's, put a pin. Let's put a pin in that just for a second if we can, because that's a huge moment right there for the listeners to understand what you did. You laid down and you said, I, I can't do this by myself anymore. I can't go forward. I need to help. I need to figure this shit out. Like Wes, talk about this if you can. I mean, dissect that first because I can keep going down this slippery slope because there's so much to dissect and he's so freaking powerful with his message because that's how he's reaching all the people he's reaching right now. Yeah. But can you sprinkle some of your knowledge on this, please? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad we paused here for a second because I think this is going to be important um, to kind of dig a little deeper in on uh, for the listeners. And so uh, it's because it, it's, it's in that moment. It's in that moment where you feel the most helpless. That's when you, well, people take one of two directions. They either, unfortunately, some people will completely end it there, right? Or people will say, it's time for me to, to get some help. So I think, uh, Shay, where we can kind of dig a little bit deeper on this, what, you know, you, you, turn, you went to church, you turned to God, you know, in that moment. What, I guess for people to, to, for people to understand that, what made you go that route? What made you decide that that's the route that's going to help you? I had nowhere else to turn. I, I had nothing left in my life. I had burned bridges because you don't have to learn how to have relationships when you're on top of the world. 
And that's why I'm super sensitive to this stuff. And I have knowledge and experience in this stuff. And I have an obsession for people not to feel that pain that I felt on top of the world. So what happens is when you go there, you don't know what to do because everybody came to me. Like I was treated like a God. I had little girls in the stands holding up signs saying, will you marry, will you marry me, Shay? I would do autograph signings for $10,000 an hour and kids would, girls would come to the table crying and shaking just because they got to meet me like I'm Justin Bieber. How are you supposed to process that when on the inside they can't see that deep, deep pain, feeling that pain-driven game? Disconnect, disconnect, disconnect. I got to perform tonight. Then the way we got to understand is if I don't perform tonight, I'm not going to have a job. Well, Poor make big leaguer, uh, pull up your bootstraps. Wow. Right. No, the media, about the that. media feeds off that type of shit. And that's why I see a lot of ball players. They go and they get the Twitter fingers and they get, and now it's social media is out there. I'm sure that the, the D, um, digital world, right. It was back then. <laughs> I wouldn't have lasted. I wouldn't have lasted. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh shit. Cause I know about the interview with the, you know, the media media feeds off and they, and they can sense when people aren't aligned and they can sense like they might potentially have some issues that the organization isn't going to address because at the end of the day you're performing and they don't want to knock you off your peak performance because that's going to cost potentially world series. It's a business it's also transaction. Of dollars, right? So it's you know, so all business. Things, right. That's power. So what it is, is like for us as players, us as people on top of the world like that, it's not about losing a job because I can do anything. I'm doing it now. It's about losing that identity because our identity is wrapped up in what we do because right. that's what it required to do that right there. But I turned to God. I turned to church. So being obsessed, being on top of the world, like I have an obsessive mindset. So I didn't just go to church. I went to church five days a week, Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Like I just went every time, every night. So, so what I was doing is I, I, I was trying to find a balance and I was, I was starting to find a balance and, and understanding and navigating. So I started speaking at schools, churches, prisons, and, and I get yeah. in the pulpit and, and I, I just speak and I share my story and I share my heart and transparency of who I was and where I was at and, and, and showing how I was navigating that space. And people collect me afterwards saying, man, you just changed my life. You just like, you just, you, I don't know what you said. Like, it's amazing. You're anointed, whatever that is. And, and I started to realize I had a gift outside of baseball that drove me, and my passion was that, to share my voice. I had to find my voice first. And I'd go into prisons, and I'd speak in the prisons, and I'd pour into these guys. And when I'd leave the door to go out of the prison, then I'd try to come with me because the anointing and the feeling of, of just being drawn to that and just being around that. And I was like, y'all know you got to stay in here, right? You're so drowning that rush. You're drowning that rush. And that's the identity piece. And let's talk about You just mentioned yeah. that. And I did it Yeah. Check, check yeah. it out real quick. But what I realized is like I'm sitting there at, at, in my bed at night, laying on my pillow, doing that, changing people's lives. And I'm like, man, I'm only operating at 50 or 60% of what I could do. Like I'm not tapping into what I could do. And I know that because of playing baseball, you have to know how to navigate, how you feel, what's going on, be able to make loss, those adjustments. Loss of direction. And you're, you that. That, obsessive, that obsessive personality, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare for us because that's how we end up raging wars on ourselves internally because we don't know how to rechannel that energy and we don't know where to fucking put the energy because we have all this energy and we need to recycle it and we need to get it out. But if you're not plugged into your energy source, man, that's no, re there's, you can't recycle it. So you can't rechannel it, put it back into something positive and there was nothing positive for you to rechannel and, and recycle into. So you didn't know what to do with the fucking energy. So, and, and of course you're going to deal with a lot of internal struggles and internal battles. If you don't know, what you're even feeling in the first place. And a lot of people don't understand and they're not alone in their own thoughts and try to figure out and dissect why do they feel a certain way? Where does it come from? When did you pick up on 
it came from all these limiting beliefs that were rejected on you as a kid, as you mentioned your father. When did you identify that? I identified that when I was at that moment in my life. And I started to begin to because I'd lay down at night in my pillow and I'd still have that pain inside myself. Okay, got it. And it didn't go away even with Turks. That's what I want to convey to people. For myself, my truth, my experience. Even God couldn't take it away. I couldn't pray it away because I felt when I went to church, I felt, I'm super sensitive with this. I felt like I was that prostitute or that child or that child that was molested or whatever. I didn't feel worthy enough. And our belief system, our will, discerns how we navigate that space to tap into that power that you're talking about. So the absolute power is what you're talking about. That comes from your spirit on the inside of who you are as a being. doesn't matter what you believe. It's there. I'm a Christian and I believe in, the, in Jesus Christ and God. So it, I, that's just where that power comes from, myself. I couldn't tap into that. I couldn't allow myself to connect with God because of that story I told myself, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. So whenever I heard the truth, whenever I tried to put the good in, my, 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 my belief system and how I operated my subconscious, it diluted that message. It, 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 it just, 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 just destroyed it because of my beliefs. Shit. So what happened is, Shortly after those, that, those times, I found myself in the van at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, just, just trying to numb that pain. I'm like, dude, baseball couldn't do it. The farm couldn't do it. God couldn't do it. Where do I go? How do I numb this pain? So after overdosing on drugs and alcohol, here lies a guy that so many envied. Like that right. Told yourself. My kids are going to school telling their friends, I play for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I'm laying there motionless. Because I'm trying to numb that pain because I don't know where to go because I don't know how to ask for help. Because I, I, like, I'm treated like God. Like, that's the worst thing like, to ask for help. The hardest thing I could ever do. Right. So as the soul is leaving the top of my head and I'm clinging onto my last breath, you know what's going through my mind? You're a loser. You're a failure. All those thoughts that are going through a lot of your listeners and viewers' minds right now, you can't do this. You've lost everything. Really? On top of the world? You'll end up, you'll end up screwing it up again. You'll what would your parents think again, if you yeah. left this world today? What would, you, what would your kids do? Like, you, you quit. Like, you're doing this to your kids? What kind of dad would do this? You know what my answer was? I don't know. Yeah. I'm nothing if I don't have baseball. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm nothing if I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't know if I'm, not a, if I'm an influencer. I don't know. So many people wrap themselves up in their identity of who, uh, what they do. It's just like nothing but a toxic root. It, you can get to where you're, you're trying to go. They're feeding into their own narcissistic beliefs. In their, in and you their can't sustain it, though. You'll never sustain success and go to the next level if you wrap your identity up in what you do. So I let go. I don't know if I died or if I fell asleep. And that's what happened. That next day, I woke up. The sun peered through the front windshield of my van and woke me up, and I came to. And the first thought through my mind was like, oh, my gosh, like, I have no side effects. I have no ill, no, no nothing from the concoction of pills and the alcohol I took the night before, not to try to kill myself, but to try to numb that pain because I didn't know where to go. Mm. And at that you point- You couldn't I, run anymore. You couldn't run anymore. It was an aha moment. It's like, dude, like, you gotta try to figure this out, man. Like, there's, there's so much more to this. And I would drive around like, what's the purpose of life? And I'm like, dude, I gotta start pouring the good in. So that's at that time, like I started pouring the good in. I started listening to Tony Robbins. I started listening to Les Brown. I started listening to Dean Graziosi. I started listening to uh, Grant Cardell. I started listening to all these influencers. Like, dude, how do I figure this out? I just gotta keep putting it in and I keep putting it in. But I realized that even then my, my belief system of how I operated, my internal operating system, wouldn't allow that to come in because I still felt unworthy. 
So I said, I got to reverse engineer this. And that's when I really figured it out. I got to reverse engineer this, okay? And Major League Baseball, I was an a-hole. I was a cancer. I was a guy. Why? And I was like, dude, that's because it's not me. This is me. I'm like, I, I'll die for people. I'll give the shirt off my back. I just want, I'm obsessed with helping people. I want to serve. But what happened is I realized that, you know, there's, there's two things that drive the decisions and actions you take. And that's right. your values and your belief system. Yeah. I'm like, hey, what were my values? I had no values all the way to the top because like I wasn't trained up with values. That's just how I was. And my right. belief system was, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm going to the big leagues. I didn't believe anything else because that's what it requires to go to the big leagues. So if you have that, I don't know what it is. Okay. What, what is, what is your belief system? What forms your belief system? What forms your belief system and how you operate is how you go into an experience, interpret and communicate that experience yourself. I'm like, yep. Oh my gosh, whatever this happened with my father, whatever this happened with this situation, how I interpreted that is going to be different from you. It's be different from Wes. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody's unique and special in their own little way. Wes, touch on I me. Mean, what yep. he just said was powerful. Yeah. I think, I think what, um, kind of where we, we, we want to go with this is obviously now you've identified it. Yes. Right. So there, there was a catalyst. I think at some point somebody has a catalyst that's going to make them change, right. Or start at least identifying and recognizing. And we know that's definitely the, the first part of it. So yes. through that, through you identifying that at this point, and, and you mentioned something that's critically important is how you interpret that experience. Mm -hmm. So starting into that healing process, how much of it was yet to get a new interpretation of that experience and, and what did that look like? You had to go back and figure out your story, figure out your story of situations. And for me, I'm defining moment in my life. And I was sitting on my bed at 14 years old. My dad walked into my room right before my sophomore year of high school. And he said, he's going to uproot our family from beautiful Southern California to the hot desert of Arizona. When he left that room, the story I told myself was of that. I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. My dad doesn't love me. How can he uproot me from my friends? I'm going into high school here. I'm going to go rocket here. Like I didn't have identity like within my household. I didn't, know my, I didn't have my voice. I didn't have anything understanding of who I was. I found my identity through my community of friends and my community of sports. And I was being ripped to that, being put out in the middle of the desert and just thrown out there in la-la land. So at that point in time, I decided to become an overachiever through athletics because if I did that, then I can get my father's approval. Then I could be yep. good enough. Then I could be acceptable. But that, if you fast forward all the way through when I reverse engineered this and figured out my story, that couldn't be further from the truth. My family wanted to stay in Southern California. My dad wanted to be there. My dad loved me the very best he could. That whole family sacrificed what they wanted to do to yep. give me a chance to move to Arizona, to give me an opportunity to play Major League Baseball. And when I realized that, that was a defining moment. That was a breakthrough. When you have a breakthrough, it just, it just, it's an instant time. It's not, it doesn't take a week, a month, a year, or two years, or 10 years. Yeah, just, a it makes, can it, everything makes sense. Everything in that moment makes sense. Yeah, and, and a million pounds that I'm working it fell off me, and tears are like Niagara Falls are coming down my face. I'm like, that's it. And it just takes work and work and one step in front of the other and one step in front of the other, left and right and left, and just keep that momentum going because you know Pain is temporary. It's not permanent. And it's just like, hey, we, we can get through this. And I think that's what I had that inherent uh, trait intangible ingrained in me uh, playing baseball because there's so much failure. Like it's just, it's just part of life. You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, I struggle with that. And once I figured that out, and once I figured out like the true story of my life, it doesn't justify things. It doesn't condone things. If you just have a simple truth understanding of what happened and why it happened, that's where it's at. That, that, that was my breakthrough is that. And I highly encourage that for everybody. I have a four-step uh, program to help people identify and tell their story. 
because right. I think your story is a huge part of your brand of who you are and uniqueness of, of, of how to brand yourself. And, and everybody thinks my story is Major League Baseball. My story is not Major League Baseball because people can't relate to that. But they can relate something, to the is something part. you did that had to go through your journey to get you to where you are right now to make a breakthrough, right? So before we get into the four-step program, and I want to talk about this because it's, it's powerful what you do with people. And I, and I watched it through your social media feeds and, and whatnot. And I'm just so grateful for this conversation and this time. Let me ask you just one question. When you had that breakthrough and you mentioned tears running on your face and you, everything just started making sense. And you're a little bit clearer. And okay, now I know the pain is just there for me temporary and me for me move forward and take that next step. Can you walk me through some of those emotions or could you maybe not potentially feel all of them at once? Maybe it's too many to feel to kind of communicate of that breakthrough moment. It's kind of like that pursuit of happiness moment with Will Smith. And, and you're crying for the first time of joy rather than crying of pain. Yeah. That's what it was for me, was that pursuit of happiness. For me, my breakthrough, I was crying because of joy of me breaking through rather than crying of pain. Yeah, it's the first moment of my life where I was proud of myself. Fuck, man. And, and listen to that. You know what I mean? Like, like for everything that I did and everything I accomplished, it didn't mean nothing because I didn't know who I was. Yeah, it's liberating. It's 100% liberating. Fuck. Being able to understand yeah. how you work, how you function, what makes you tick, what makes you ticked off, what, what drives you to make the decisions and actions you take. See, I was so ashamed of Shea Hillenburg and the play Major League Baseball. So when I left, and I want people to listen to this, when I left Major League Baseball, I'm trying to prove to everybody I'm yep. not that guy. Yep. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that did this and treated people like this and did this and did that. I'm not that person. So I tried to prove, I tried to be a people pleaser. And that's the last thing that I should have ever have done. It's the worst thing I could have done. And I was trying to prove to people, check this out. I was trying to prove to people that I wasn't that guy, not for you, Chris, but for myself. To prove that I was worthy enough to be in your presence because I wasn't that guy. And that's the craziest thing is that so many people try to get approval for other people to fill that void inside of who they are. And when I, when I reach that point of liberation and understanding and that true identity, two things happen. And it's crazy. I know you can understand this and relate to this, Chris. You're liberated and you don't give a darn what anybody says. I have zero competition anywhere I go. I don't perceive you as a threat. I don't perceive you as competition. Yep. Even though we're in the same space, I know who I am, and what I have to offer in the value is different, and it, it, it can parallel. You, you, you make that shift of not believing in competition, you believe in community, and that's the it's abundance. Just, it's fullness. And I'm sitting here right now, and I could say I'm in love with myself, I'm in love with my life, and I have fulfillment, peace, and I know and, and happiness. I know those are situational, but I, I, I got it, and I've received it. And what I, what I have to deal with now, which is really interesting for me to navigate this space at 45 years old uh, with who I am, because I'm just like, dude, I'm just like going through the wall. I'm passionate. I'm obsessed. What I have to deal with now is that I have to deal with a little bit of complacency. Yeah. And the reason why I have to deal with a little bit of complacency, dude, is because it doesn't matter if I make 50 more million, 100 more million, or go speak on stages, or go get those private jets to get, or have that experience or whatever. I have right now what I've been trying to seek my whole life, and that's that fulfillment, that peace, and that happiness. So my, my goal now is to sustain that, not just to achieve it, but okay, now I've got to implement things in my life to sustain that, because as you know- and how you sustain that is becoming one, moving that needle every day and becoming 1%. 
You day. have to keep the progression, man. You have right. to keep growing. You have to keep moving. You know, like you said, each level. Everybody talks about you got to love it. You got to fall in love with the process, not the end result. There's reasons yeah. why you have to do that. For one, you got to attach a dopamine release, your happiness drug, to the process, to the little win. Yeah. And they do studies out there now that if you Shift. attach a dopamine release to the process in this little win, like after I get off this podcast, huge win for me, dude. I'm going to celebrate. Yeah. I'm going to get that dope release and that's going to yeah. keep me going in the direction of where I'm going to go. Yeah. But where I was playing Major League Baseball, yeah. I was like, I got to become an all-star. I got to make the millions of dollars. I always was... was so stop chasing the outcome. It's not about the outcome. Yeah, we talk a lot about this just for a second. We go into... Yeah, we got to get to the outcome, but the outcome is fucking elusive. You're never going to fucking accomplish the outcome because the outcome is always going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. I'm in love with the fucking process. And once you change your focus, man, on the process and falling in love with the process and being proud of yourself. And that's the same fucking feeling I felt. That's why I wanted to ask you that question. That was the first time in my life I was proud of myself. Ever in my life is when I, I had that breakthrough of holy fuck, now I know why I feel a certain way and why I project mm -hmm. all this bullshit and I've done these things and not controlling my anger and my mouth. I would always say whatever the fuck was on my mind because there was no damn filter, but I would never mean those things, but I was fucking so mad, but I was mad at myself because I wasn't myself. Yep, yep. But when you had that breakthrough, man, and you're crying for the first time ever in life because of joy, man, I was like, there's nothing in this world that's going to stop me. I'm on fire now. Like there's, yeah, you've, you might've seen me, you know, 18 years ago, or you might've seen me six months ago and thought you knew me, you don't, <laughs> mm -mm. because I, it's not about making money anymore. It's not about doing any of that. I just need to become the 1% better tomorrow than I am today. And how I go about doing that is I focus on me. I focus on me. What do I want to accomplish? What do I feel? And then me rechanneling that and re-anchoring certain emotions and realizing all the bullshit stories that I was lying to myself about. I'm like, wait a minute, I can make an impact on people. And then now you're making that impact. Now you're tapped into your purpose, your true purpose in life. You used to think it was major league baseball. What was in your purpose? That was just part of yeah. your journey, getting you there and getting you ready. But when you're a purpose and you're tapped into your energy source and recycling energy, you do that right now, bro. You're recycling that right back into us because it's the same type of vibration and frequency. And that's what makes you impactful with the marketplace and all the things that you do. I appreciate that. And I had a revelation the other day when I was on, uh, I spent time, my wife and I go spend, so you spend a night somewhere and I've never been able to have a relationship. Uh, I've got two failed marriages, my third marriage and, and being in the moment and being able to cherish that and love that. It's like the greatest blessing in the world. My life, my, my, my wife saved my life. And that's just a blessing. But uh, what I realized through that is that uh, when you have those limited beliefs, when you're stuck in complacency, when you're stuck in mediocrity, which like the majority of people are because they're just low there because of that BS story and that limited belief that they have, you don't know you have resources. You're like, I don't have the resources to do this. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I live that. I just like, I can't do this. Like after I accomplish everything in the world. But what I realized is that once you – in that spot, you don't feel like you have resources, but how do you get out of that? But like you said, 1% better, just put them, just start. Do one foot in front of the other, whatever it is, whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to gain confidence, whether you're trying to get on a diet, whether you're trying to get in direction of your dream or your vision. Trust the process, to, to trust the process. You have to take that action. When you take that action, you gain more clarity. You just have to have enough clarity to get going, right? And once you get that action and get going, what you do, you realize you, you become resourceful. See, it's not about having the resources, it's about being resourceful. And what I realized is I had the resources around me all the time, but my limited beliefs and that BS 
was jading my vision. I couldn't see him because I was always telling myself, you can't do this. You're a failure. You lost everything. You didn't want to ask. And you didn't want to ask for help. Didn't know. I don't know if it's a matter of not, didn't want to ask for help. I think it's a matter of, I didn't know how to ask for help. Why? Because I didn't, I didn't have to ask for help my whole life, dude, because I did it myself. I got to the big leagues myself. I didn't listen to coaches. I wasn't part of the team. I was like the worst teammate ever because I was going there because I was trying to find that identity, right? Yeah. And it's just, I could say that now because it's like, it's going to be a great movie. We're in the process of creating a movie on my I know, I can't story. wait to talk about uh, that. And that's going to be cool. But, but the thing was, is like, I realized like, man, dude, like the resources I'm using now, I had all the time, the last year, the last two years. Right. The last, I had the same resources, but I couldn't see them because I didn't allow myself to see a- too many layers there, bro. Like you needed to shed those fucking layers to be able to identify what actually was happening. And you can't do that when you're too close to it. And you can't, you're masking your own fucking emotions in the first place. If people don't realize your subconscious is ruining everyone's life. If you don't take the time to be alone in your own thoughts and directing your thoughts into a positive outlet and figuring out who the fuck you are and why you feel a certain way. And, and sometimes in life, it's never about the, the skill. Skill comes from you just doing things over and over and over repetitive motions until you get it down right like swinging a baseball bat is one of the hardest things yep. ever is hit a fucking fastball when it's like 90 what 90 to 92 you can still see maybe a stitch when it gets over 94 to 97 you don't fucking see anything it's a goddamn blur right so and and i've never played major league baseball i couldn't even imagine the type of pressure and then clearing the mechanism all that bullshit that you have to do and you did it on such a high level you had everything inside of you shay and already pre-instilled inside of you to do whatever you needed to do in life you just need to tap into that at the beginning when you were very first born, and that's the greatness inside of you. Absolutely. I think, you know, and one, th- one thing I'll uh, – I think something that to talk about here as well because from b- both of you just talked about, in order to do that, it takes an incredible amount of vulnerability. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, I think almost 100% of people who haven't dealt with this um, struggle with is, is actually being vulnerable, not with other people. That comes second, but being vulnerable with themselves. So, Shay, where maybe you can touch on with this piece is because clearly from what you talked about from, from your Major League Baseball days, that was the last thing you'd ever do is be vulnerable with yourself, right? You felt the pain, but you, you weren't vulnerable enough to actually go deep into, the, into that pain and try to even understand it. So if you can give people some advice, what is, what is the steps they need to take to even be able to do that part? And that's the thing, and that's a great, that's a great topic that you guys are touched on is because we have ego, we have pride. And, and, and as you're saying that, being, being a professional athlete, major league baseball player, it's like, like, I can't allow this to be a distraction. Like, I was married, but I was married to the game. Like, anything out. So to play major league baseball, it's like you just block everything out. You play every single night. So uh, the vulnerability comes, it's like understanding the truth. Like, like, what is this feeling coming from? Like, why do I, when I get in this situation, when I get into this experience with people, why do I act this certain way? What am I feeling? And what is it drives from fear? And for me, in a fearful situation, like over 3,000 at-bats in the major leagues, I, was, I had fear every single time. If you don't have fear and the anxiety of the nervousness going to the plate, like you got, you got to hang it up. So the way I combated that fear and the anxious and the, and the nervousness was anger. I'm going to crush this dude. Yeah. I'm going to knock this guy out. So it, it creates like a bipolar personality because in the clubhouse, super cool, happy, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? I want to walk on that field. I'm going to crush people every single night. I've been trained to react. Boom, boom, boom. So it's just understanding and doing a self analyzation And that's what so many people say. And I, I disagree with it so much. And I, I might be wrong, but people are like, don't tell people to go inside when they're struggling because they're going to beat themselves up. They're going to go into depression, all this and stuff. No. That's a, that's a whole projection, right? That's a whole limiting belief right there in their own yeah, bullshit. Yeah, you've got to figure it out. Fucking vulnerability, yeah. 
fucking yeah. horseshit. I've heard the same. I've heard the same. I've heard the same bullshit. Same bullshit. So, so, so for me, figuring out my story, going going through the four, four there's like four parts to the story. Mm-hmm. I always, I, I want to speak. I want to share my message. I want to create a brand, and I, and I know that comes from your story. Everything's driven off your story because that's unique to you. So I figured out my story. But from from, from the beginning, it's like it's your identity. Who you? Who are you? You know, like I asked that with everybody I work with and all, all my clients and, and the people around me on my team. Like, who are you? And it's amazing how many people can't even tell you who they are. I know. Outside of what they do because they don't want to go there. So you have to, like, I would highly suggest, I would highly, like, if I could do it all over, because I, I wouldn't have a 12-year span to figure this out on my own. Mm-hmm. I would have somebody guide me through that process. So you got to have somebody guide you through those areas internally that you're scared to go along because you don't know how to navigate those spaces. You have to have trust in somebody to be able to guide you through that process. So I would highly suggest somebody do that, whether it's through uh, a YouTube video, whether it's through a coaching program, whether it's through a, a call, a mentorship program, uh, DMing somebody. But it's just like, dude, like, like you have to be vulnerable. You have to understand, like, dude, I am lost. Yeah, people don't want to feel that. People don't want to feel that, and that's what Wes gave me the best advice ever in my life. And I'm always gonna be grateful for the advice he gave me. He told me to lean in at one point and feel it. You need to feel that shit and pain, and that was the starting point for me, saying, "Okay, well, fuck, I don't want to lean in. I can mask it. I've always done that because I was part of an identity. Chris is good. He's multimillionaire. He's done this. He's done that. He's done this. He's good. He's successful. Success is just a warm fucking place to hide, bro. If people have problems." It's just a warm place to hide because I can, I can give off a projection. Everything's good, man. But at night, yeah. I'm fucking, I'm telling myself I ain't shit. You'll never be shit. You'll never do this. You'll never do this. You'll end up fucking it up at some point. You're always waiting for that next day to where you lose everything. It was like, well, I'm going to live until that day. And then whatever happens, happens. But when you, start, when you start to get alone in your own thoughts and you start feeling leaning in, man, and then you're able to feel vulnerable, and once you, that's the first step. But a lot of people, and, and I love the advice that you gave, that 12-year journey that you went on, right? And you wish you would have had someone that you were able to kind of lean on and say, hey, I need help. I need, what do I feel? People don't want to feel that feelings that are masking it. Maybe that's why people don't want to pick up a fucking book because it reminds them on how far they have to fucking go. They'd rather pick up a freaking shot of alcohol or, you know, a drug yeah. or stimulant, or whatever. Food. Yeah, yeah, food, you know, could be anything, right? And sex, it could be a lot of different things that people, and a lot of people say, well, I had a drug problem. You didn't have a drug problem. You had a you problem. You masked mm-hmm. it with drugs. Mm-hmm. That was just a something else. And, so, and, and, I think, and I think like, like people's identity, their internal thermostat, their thermostat, their, their identity is like the thermostat in the wall. And, and, and if the thermostat is set at 75 degrees on the wall, right? If you open up the door and the heat comes in, the, the AC is going to kick on and turn that thermostat down. So regardless of what you do, you could have success. It's going to bring you right back down to your internal thermostat, that temperature that you're operating at. If you open up the door and the heat comes in, or the, the cold comes That's in in the winter, topic right there. Yeah. you know, and, and, and like, and, and the, the heater will kick on. So what happens is you got to raise that internal thermostat. And when you start raising that, you start being able to navigate and say, you know what, I can do this. Two quick ways to do that is do a massive amount of work in a short period of time, like you were talking about. Do a massive amount of work. You're going to gain confidence. You're going to gain experience. You're going to say, dude, I completed that. doesn't matter the results. And by association. They always talk about you, the average of five people you hang around with. What the hell does that mean? 
So what it means is that if, I, if I'm a 75 degree guy and Chris, you're a 125 degree guy, if I'm in association with you enough, I could do that through your, 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 your uh, podcast. I could do it through your videos. I could do it through Can't all be. your stuff. Can't you latch, you tie, you tie in, you latch on to someone else's purpose, that frequency until your frequency of purpose. So what it does is it will draw me within a 10 to 15 degrees of your thermostat by that association. Yeah. So people, right. you got to change your environment, man. What, are, what is your environment that you're in? What is your schedule? What's your routine? What are you doing when you wake up every day? Are you hitting that oh, buzzer on the alarm clock? Gold questions. I need, a, I need a fucking button. I'm getting a button, Wes. I'm going to get me in one of those sound effects fucking things and just yeah. blowing that shit up the whole time because these are difficult questions that you're asking, and, and I hope the listeners are really catching on because it's easy for someone to consume information and our minds that are impressionable to hear it and really feel it because it's not about what we say. It's what they hear and what they feel. If you 100%. had to give any advice with these questions, when you asking these questions and in, the, in that sequence, what if they are not able to answer those questions? Where, where do you go from there with that? You have, you have to move. You have to move. Like with me, after I left baseball, after, after I left baseball, after, like I sat parked for five years, seven, I didn't work out. Like you got to move your body. Your, your body and your mind are connected together. And, and my buddy always, who's my partner, he always says, dude, Shay, working out is cheap therapy. It's cheap therapy. You're releasing those chemicals. You're moving. You got to move. So many people sit stagnant. So many people sit still. What are you doing on Saturday? Are you watching football? What are you doing on Sunday? Are you sitting down to right. eat nachos, doing it? Like you got to move. You got to get up and move your body and you got to keep moving because like I said, it's all connected together. And you got to worry about like, what am I putting in my body? Like what, what am I doing to mass this pain? But, but, but for me, like myself, like once I started moving, I'm like, okay, I got the adrenaline, I got the serotonin, I got all these chemicals, dopamine releases, all this stuff going that I thought I had work, to use man. Adderall he's for. He's put in so much work. He's put in so much work. I'm so proud of you, Shay. I, I, had to, so I, I never thought, I'm to, thank you very much. I never thought I'd ever experience the feeling I'm feeling right now if I wasn't blasting Adderall. I used to do six, uh, 30 milligram Adderalls a day with alcohol, like blasting myself just to feel this feeling. Yeah. I was, I'm telling you, like, I'm not this major league baseball player, and I'm not like I was hopeless, man. I was like one breath away from losing my life. I was like, what do I do? I had those thoughts going through my mind, like I'm better off dead, man. Like I can't be a dad to my kids. Like, but, but, like but here's here's but here's the thing, though, and here's the thing, and I, and I had this similar feel. Wes, you probably heard me say this to you. I feel like I'm one bad decision and one poor choice away from losing every fucking thing and this everything and being over with. See, I can't relate with that. I can't relate with that. It, it, you know, the reason why I'm saying that, here's the reason why, is because subconsciously that was me fucking crying out and me trying to run away from it, still run away from it. But what I did is I kept forcing my fucking self to lean into the shit. Mm -hmm. And when I kept leaning in and not seeing any return, one day I woke up and bam, everything made sense. It's funny. It's like everything fucking makes sense now. It's like, I, it's like, like confetti popped off and a balloon. Yep. It's like I won the fucking Super Bowl, the World Series, whatever the fuck happened. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Everything makes sense. Everything makes sense now. Like, and then I started looking at other people, like the social media stuff and then all these influencers. Like, yo, motherfuckers ain't shit. I'm going to show you stuff now. Y'all, you motherfuckers ain't shit. And I can care less. I have a hard time with this now because I want to say what the fuck I want to say. And I will say whatever the hell I want to say because I believe what I believe. And that belief turned into a strong conviction. Now I know I can accomplish anything ever I want in life. Anything ever I want. And it's just me putting my attention on that. And it's going to grow and I'm going to achieve. I'm going to be. That's why there's. This is the easiest time in the world to become the top 1% in your industry. 
It's the easiest time. Why? Because everybody else in the world is so fucking confused and so influenced by other things and they're looking for that dopamine, all these chemicals you're talking about. They're searching, searching for it from an external source. They need to be searching for internally. And as long as they keep looking for it externally, you're going to have other fucking assholes selling them products and services, goods, and it's all dog shit. I'm never going to buy a product and a service off of someone that's, that's made all their money from that one fucking source. 100%. 100%. And that's, I see so much of this stuff, man, because I mean, you want to look, if you want to follow someone, you need to follow someone that's living and breathing and eating and shitting and doing it that day. And if you're not, if they're not doing and not living that life, then they're not about that life. And that, that's how you, that's how you know. So if I can give any advice to anybody else out there right now, and if you're listening to this and you got a heartbeat and if this doesn't motivate you, like you, you might be on the verge of death. Because right, I, I appreciate the, the time, you know, holding space with you, my man. And I know there's a lot of questions that Wes probably potentially has. Because I can go, because I'm plugged in. We're on the same free, well, free, we're on the same frequency. You see what I'm saying? So we can keep going as long as you keep talking, and I'm going to keep getting ideas. And then Wes keeps talking, we're going to get ideas. And I'm going to keep plugging into that source yeah. and keep driving energy. And we can keep doing this all day, but until one of us croak overs and has a heart attack, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. Ain't going to be me, brother. I've been training for this. Ain't going to be me, brother. I've been training for this. And what came to my mind as you were talking is, and, and when, when Wes was asking that, it's like, like what I realized, and it sounds so simple and cliche, like I had to make the decision myself. I had all the power within myself. I had to do it. And for the listeners and for the viewers out there right now, like, I can give you all the advice. Wes can give you all the advice. Chris can give you all the advice. Like, you have to do it yourself. You have to decide. You have to burn the boats. Like, he's like, I can't do this. And I was pouring the good in. I was pouring the good in. I was working. And I was doing the morning routines. And I was doing all this stuff. And I was doing everything for years and years and years. And I'm like, this stuff ain't working, man. But I just kept going. You have to, you have to decide. You have to commit. And you have to keep going. There's no other option. You've got to keep that momentum going like you're saying. I'm like, just, I'm speaking what you're saying, the truth, Chris, about you've got to keep going. You have to decide. So many people take action. So many people dabble in this and dabble in that and go over here and do it. No, you have to commit before you take the action. I have to commit or else I won't sustain it. The first road bump, the first setback, the first knockdown, I'm just going to quit. And those limited beliefs are going to say, dude, we, we confirm that. I'm not good enough. I told you can't do it. Can't do this stuff. But you got to take action and you got to move and you got to keep you gotta, going. You got to find, find a source and an outside source of something, some type of form or fashion. Maybe it could be you writing it down or telling your loved one or telling someone that you respect. Like for myself, it was me 100% being authentic with Wes and telling him exactly what's fucking happening. And that was my way of indirectly holding myself accountable because I knew if I told that motherfucker, I was going to do it. Yeah, yeah. When it came to when it clicked, when it made sense, when I reverse engineered it, when I got that breakthrough, when I had that defining moment, all this stuff just keeps flooding out of me now. Everything I can come out. It just it's just going. Yeah, he's even fucked his headset up. <laughs> it just keeps moving. And it seems like somebody's trying to break this up, man. Nobody wants to talk <laughs> it's about it. It happens every once in a while. You're putting out such a huge, like, all the, I think it's the, it's the, the success guys. It's just like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking yeah. too much. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just flows out of me now. I'm like, I didn't know I knew this. I didn't know I knew that. That's kind of cool. You got this, I got the answer to it, whatever. It's just, you got to work. You got to work. got to keep moving. Commit and move. Commit and move. That's simple, but that's what it is. Yeah, and Shade, a follow, just a quick follow-up to that. Because I saw, I happened to see a post from you, and, and excuse me if I get this wrong, um, but it, it was something along the lines of embrace the suck. 
Uh, and so I saw the same one. Yeah. yeah, A a follow up to that, because uh, with everything that you're talking about, obviously now there's a mentality that has to go into it in order to be able to handle all of this. And I know embracing the suck has a lot to do with that. Would you mind sharing with people kind of what the, what does that mean? And, and how, you know, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, cool. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I just thought I was talking to a a coworker or a partner in the real estate because I'm in real estate out here and, and she was going through, uh, her dad just committed suicide three months ago and just struggling. Her dad's a huge Red Sox fan and he would have loved to talk to me. And it, and it came to my mind when she was talking, it was like, dude, you got to learn how to control the suck. When you're going through hell, you have to learn how to control the suck. What does that mean? See it for what it is. This sucks right now, but don't allow yourself to pigeonhole rabbit hole and make it worse than what it is. What we do is we find that feeling, we find that thought, we get on that, ro- that, that, that roller coaster and we just let it get worse and worse and worse. So that's how you control that suck. You got to identify that and yeah, let it be. So in the same thing, and I know Chris will resonate with this. A lot of people say, you know what? It's good. They can't trick yourself. No, it sucks. Oh, everything going to be great. No, dude, I'm stuck right now, dude. So you have to see it for it. You can't make it real great and trick your mind because it don't work. And you can't allow yourself to make it worse than what it is. How do you do that? How do you communicate to yourself? How do you talk to yourself? Use softeners. Dude, instead of saying, this is my, my life is hell right now. You could say, you know what, I'm going through some challenges right now. That will help a lot of people. If I say I'm having some challenges right now, or if I say my life freaking sucks right now, that's a totally different communication to yourself to be able to navigate that space. And it's never going to, it's not going to stay there the whole time. The only way it stays there is you allow it to stay there and you allow it to spin out of control. Right. So how you talk to yourself and how you control that, see it for what it is and don't allow yourself to make it for worse. Because a lot of people want to make it worse because they got love and connection. They want to feel the human need of love and connection. And they say, hey, if I just make it worse than what it is, if I make a pity party on myself, people will resonate with that because a lot of people's lives suck right now. And that's not the people you want to associate yourself with. You want to snap yourself out of that and keep moving forward. I love that. And, and, and Wes, if you have something to say to that, I just want to touch on this one little piece. And I appreciate you saying that just right then and, and embracing that piece and, and nothing. And, and it's not like, I don't know that I would do this. Like I would start off every call and Wes has probably heard me saying, I did it right at the beginning of this one. Like, well, how are you? Like I'm everything. I'm great. Any day ends and why that's my way of fucking not being vulnerable and embracing the suck. So I, in, from that moment, I'm gonna hold myself accountable to this is I just fucking own that. That's my way of being able to hold myself accountable. I'm going to stop saying that shit. Yeah. And, that's, and that's such a key point because it's all about, I mean, the, the path run is the path to authenticity, yeah. right? So you're trying to be your most authentic self. That's what vulnerability and all of that yeah. really goes into. And I, I love that you said that, that, that don't try to bullshit yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't try to tell yourself that something is good when it's not, because I hate when I hear people say that. Um, you know, you, you don't trick yourself, let yourself be in, in that reality because that's the road to authenticity. If you're trying to play a game in your own mind that's not true, then you're going to continue a path in life that's just not true. Uh, and I just, I love the fact that you said that. Yeah, yeah. That's creating those patterns, right? You're creating patterns of nonsense, creating patterns of nothingness because you can't address the truth. You're just living a life of fallacy. You're living a life of complacency and mediocrity, and, and that doesn't lead you nowhere. Like, like, to be honest with you, I don't even feel it like I fit in with my family. I got a wife and five kids. I'm in the house. I'm like, dude, these people don't understand You can't feel I it. It's, it's impossible like, to feel <laughs> it. You, you're not going to feel it. You're not going to feel it no matter what. But, I but same, I did it. Same bullshit. I had to let it frustrate me before. Yeah. I try to defend it and I try to fight. Try, but now I understand it. I'm like, yes. cool. I get it. 
how do I influence them? I don't influence them by going off. I don't influence them trying to make them feel inferior. I influence them by just standing in my value, my truth, and understanding where they're coming from and be the best version of myself. And that's what I try to teach people, be the one. Be the elite one, elite one performance of our company. Like, I want to help you become the best version of yourself. And when you do that, go serve. Help other people because there's no greater feeling in the world. And that's what it's at. So many people are stuck in mediocrity and complacency and don't even know the difference. Because that's what our society breeds, especially in the States here. It's insane. Yeah, it's sad, to be honest with you. It's really sad. I know there's just been so much information, and I appreciate all the information that you shared with our listeners because – if this doesn't get your get your attention, and if you're listening to this and I'm telling you you got a fucking pulse and your heart's still beating, <laughs> you better figure the fuck out. And this may, maybe you just take this as a heart to heart conversation. If you were just eavesdropping on it, and that's how I kind of view podcasting, anyways, that people are just eavesdropping on our conversation. And every conversation we've had has just been, and just as much as impactful it was. I think I got off the last call with you, and I fucking stood up. I was sweating. I was like, fuck. I was like. <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, this dude's got me sweating and shit. And it's just because what it is, you're raising your vibration. You're at that vibration. Your energy keeps raising. Right? Yeah, so, you got it, man. There's no greater feeling too, right? Like when you challenge no, yourself to go to the next just, level. And, and that's, the, like, that's the whole piece, though. When you walk away from it and you move away from that energy source and you start coming down, you've got to plug it back into something else, into you, right? And, and that's their way of doing, you know, giving back and keep giving back and keep giving more and keep giving more. Not because you're, you're, just trying to give, give, give. What you're trying to do is you're trying to serve and you're trying to keep plugged into that energy source and yep. recycling keep the energy. Going. Yeah. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving because there's a lot of times that people just don't know what, how to shut off. Like, I don't know how I used to suffer from not being able to shut off because I didn't want to deal with the fucking emotions and deal with the, all the bullshit. So I want to do is I would mask it with, this is years ago. I haven't had a sip of alcohol in over five years, but, and that wasn't a reason. It's just that I'm, I'm grateful that I made that decision Maybe unconsciously back then, it's like, I don't fucking need to stop. I need to stop drinking because I wanted to, it wasn't that I was ruining myself. It's just that I wanted to focus more of my attention on building businesses. And, and it was hold, my way of holding myself accountable to myself and live, breathe, and eat is one, you know, one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. If I'm going to be able to preach that shit, I got to live it, man. I got to live Absolutely. it. And that's, Absolutely. that's the impact. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for everything that you shared on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. If you give me like a couple more minutes, I just want to share one more point. I think we'll no, hit please, a lot of people in the please, states here absolutely. right now is that, that if you're like, like we're talking about internal thermostat, your internal identity, if you're, if you're self-worthiness, your self-worth, your self-esteem, who you are is low, what happens when you operate at that low level of where you're at, external influence and distractions will come in and that will discern and dictate where you're going, i.e. COVID, i.e. President Trump, i.e. Black Lives Matter. I'm super sensitive to all three of those things, but not one of those things are affecting me because my internal thermostat, my identity is up high, raised, to where, yes, I'm sensitive to stuff, but it's not going to take me out of my lane. It's not going to distract me. I got my blinders on like a racehorse to where, okay, y'all want to talk about COVID? You could talk about COVID. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pour in. I'm going to keep moving in my lane because I don't, uh, it's not going to be a distraction. You want to talk about President Trump? Whatever you want. Like these internal distractions come in. And I'm dealing with major league baseball players that have just left the game a year and two years ago that have no identity. The internal thermostat are down. Yes, major league baseball players with million bars in the bank. And and they're they're just like, China's attacking us and this is going on here. And this is, I'm like, look at them, like, you know, your dog looks you like, are you seriously thinking that right now, dude? Like, like, it it happens (laughs) to all of us. You know what I mean? And it's cool. 
but it happens to all of us. So to combat that, to alleviate external influences and distractions, raise that internal thermostat. Move, pour in, do everything you can on a daily basis. Get that consistency of making yourself a better version, and you'll do that once you raise that up. Because I was living that space five years ago, too, to where everything I think, oh, this person this, and this, and this, and this, and this. That's why I couldn't be on social media, because I would have ruined everything, my whole reputation, because I lived that space. Mm-hmm. Raise that up. Get that internal thermostat. Get that identity going, that self-worth, that self-confidence, and, and get in your lane and just keep moving forward. Forget everybody else. Right. I don't even know how to end that. That's just beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I think, Shay, that what's important also for our listeners, because they're probably wondering, where can they find you? I'm just on social media right now. I'm in the process of building stuff out. So it's the Shea underscore Hillenbrand on IG and then Facebook. On LinkedIn is Shea Hillenbrand, but uh, YouTube as well. I'm just, uh, I, I mostly live on, uh, on uh, link, uh, excuse me, I mostly live on IG, Instagram. Sure. We'll make sure to put links in that. In the- yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll put all that stuff in there, but I appreciate, Perfect. you know, just go, keep, go, go transfer energy into some, some other source, my man, and keep being plugged in and stay just stay aligned, man. I mean, just that, that thermostat thing was, it was huge for me and, and embracing this suck was the biggest impact. And I believe that, you know, for, even for myself, I mean, I've not probably heard it over a million times of that type of way of thinking and embracing it and, and not running away from, Hey, yeah, it sucks. Well, it doesn't suck. Well, no, I'm, I'm good. Everything's fine. And pushing that out. So I really appreciate you allowing me or allowing myself to hold myself accountable today on just that one message. I appreciate, no, yeah, I appreciate that too. And I like, it's, it's, it's not funny, but it's ironic that you say that. Cause I got a really good friend, my like really close friend that brought me to Christ. Like one of my brothers, I call him on the phone. and like, Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay. I'm doing yeah. okay. Do you, right. you know, it's easy I'm to doing, say it. What, it's easy to what say do you it. mean? Okay, dude. Like, like, what are you talking about? Dude? Like you're living it, but he's just training himself to live that. So when you do that, I'm just okay. I'm doing all right. You're loading yourself yeah. into that complacency and mediocrity. Get out of that. Just understand yeah. where you are and navigate yeah. that. Thanks. Beautiful. You know. I appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you so much for everything. And awesome. 